Hi there, listeners. His name is Aaron Bobaran, Banana Fana, Fofaran, me, my, Momaran, Aaron. And then his name is uh, Tamalama Bing Bong. And this is the Superpod Saga. Yay! If you're a first-time listener, this is a podcast where Aaron and I take a different topic every week related to video games, and we talk about them until there's nothing left to talk about, about the topic. That's right. Eventually, we'll run out of topics, but today is not one of those days. No, no. We're still early on. This is episode 11? Yes. Episode 11. And uh, before we get to our topic of the day, we're going to do our Twitter responses of the day. We got some pretty good responses for... This was Aaron. This was you that asked this one, right? Yeah. Okay. How about you go ahead and read it then? Okay. Uh, and this was inspired by me uh, finally downloading Multiverses and then getting my ass handed to me because I only have Wonder Woman. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if you had the ability to request any character to be added into the newest Smash Bros-like game, who would you want? Anyone at all? And, and the, um, the first response is from you. <laughs> Let's get Dale Gribble and Rubble from Paw Patrol. I'm only familiar yeah, with one you, of those people. Have you ever watched Paw Patrol? No. I mean, oh man, no, no, yeah, I haven't. <laughs> well, if you if you guys ever decide to have kids, you, you'll know Paw Patrol eventually. That the song is always stuck in my head. I'm wondering if it'll be canceled by the time we get around to having kids. We'll see, I guess. Maybe not. Uh, the, the second the second response came from John. His Twitter handle is j underscore of underscore sj, and that's it. And he said Dylan from Dylan's Rolling Western slash Dead Heat Breakers or Jill from Drill Dozier, which are both good ones because Dylan is like his. He's a Nintendo character. He's like a little uh, little yeah. armadillo with a cowboy hat and stuff. And then uh, Jill is just she has pink hair. Pink, oh pink hair. I forgot and, about Dylan's Rolling Western and that that was a franchise that existed. Yeah, and and Drill Dozer kind of also. Well, no, I said what that. I'm thinking of something else. I'm thinking of Mr. Driller. Never mind. Oh, I was thinking of Mr. Driller too. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, Drill Dozer from Game Boy Advance. That was a good one. That, that's that's such a fun game. Next uh, is me. I said Kuzco and Pacha from Emperor's New Groove. Also good ones. That man. Uh, next one. Oh yeah, from uh, from Games for Snacks. Shantae. Uh, I don't know what that number was. That's not a trillion Oop. percent. Yeah, we'll go with that. Is that a trillion? I don't know. It's yeah, a lot we'll of zeros. That. They're a big fan of Shantae. And that's, that's a nice good pick. One. That's a good pick. That is a good pick. Um. SNES's life, which is also their Twitter handle, said a portal turret, which is interesting because they can't move on their own. So that would be interesting to play as. Oh man, uh, the next one from uh, from Adventures Retro, Benny Hill. He was a bit of a character, wasn't he? Yeah, he would. He wouldn't say he wouldn't have any any sound effects at all. He'd be None. completely silent the whole time, which would be interesting. In because there's a lot of sound going on in the Smash games smash light games and then uh generic edgelord supreme at crucifixion 009 <laughs> said <laughs> pyramid head slash red pyramid thing if you beat him he'd commit suicide to deny you the pleasure of killing him if he beat you um it's kind of his thing i'm gonna skip that sentence it's <laughs> fine <laughs> no pyramid head would, would be badass though in like a smash bros like game he'd just be I can imagine him being just like slow as piss, yeah. but once he does hit you, boy, does he hit you. It just do so much damage. Yeah, he would fit into that heavyweight type, which there really isn't enough of. 
That's true. It's just Donkey Kong and Bowser and like that's about it. I think it's pretty much yeah. Oh, uh, King uh, K. Rule. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yep, yep, yep. and King the bad King guy Rule. from Kirby. What's his name? King DDD. Oh, King DDD. That's a fun name to say. But uh, thank you for the Twitter responses. <clears throat> those were really good ones. I I I like those a lot. You can follow us on Twitter at Superpod Saga to answer more of our silly, ridiculous questions. Mm-hmm. That's and, right. And uh, as I say, Andy, you can follow our uh, our link tree that's on our uh, Twitter bio and find us on literally everything else. Yeah, um, we got a TikTok now. That's true. We do. Um, but we are here to talk about a specific video game topic. And what is that video game topic today, Aaron? We're talking about a, a, a shared... Uh, mutual favorite of ours, and it's puzzle games. Puzzle games. Yeah. Oh, my God. We talk about these, I think, at least maybe three times every episode, too. <laughs> Probably, yeah. A lot of these, <laughs> I was like, we've already talked about them, but let's go more in-depth with them. What, uh, what to you, makes a good puzzle game? It's it's hard to say, because there's so many different kinds of puzzle games. Because, yeah. like, there's... I, I'm a, I love, like match three types of puzzle games where you match like blocks or orbs or whatever of different colors and then clear out like a row or line or column or whatever and i think what makes those so so addictive and hard to put down is just i mean one trying to perfect your skills and and be the best at it but then two they're always over so quickly like you just start one up it's over like immediately and then if there's unlockables that's also that's all also really really good yeah, I feel like there's kind of two varieties of puzzle games. There's the quick addictive ones that just are like give you that adrenaline rush right away for solving stuff. And then there's like the deep thinking ones where you slam your head against a wall until you figure it out. Like Professor Layton. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's on my list. We'll get to it. <laughs> Unless you want to get to it right away. What's your what's the first puzzle game you've got? I wanted to add like a real quick disclaimer to these, okay? Because I, I I really wanted these are my honorable honorable mentions, mm-hmm. and these are ones that I mentioned in previous episodes, and I need to stop talking about and focus <laughs> on other games. Uh, so yeah, call back to episode four. It's Grindstone, mm-hmm. Sushi Striker, mm-hmm. Catherine Full Body, and yeah, any Professor Layton game. Because I mean, you'll get to Professor Layton though, so that doesn't matter. I, I just need to stop talking about Grindstone for one <laughs> fucking episode. <laughs> but um, was it? my topic or yours? yes this is your topic you picked okay so the first one i want to talk about is one i kind of almost recently discovered that i love and it's puzzle link 2 on the neo geo pocket color which released in 1999 oh wow yeah and it was i forget how i even came across i think i was looking at like a list of like other games from the neo geo pocket color that people requested be added to switch like they had have been doing with other um ngpc games but um this one if you haven't ever checked it out basically what it is is there's like a a nine by ten grid and there's there's these different um we'll call them blocks of different like colors and shapes and uh it kind of the name suggests you just link the the pieces together so you link like this like column of black pieces with this like cluster of other black pieces and you'll clear all the black ones and then these take care of all the other colors and then um Eventually, kind of like Tetris and, and, and Junk, it'll just continuously refill with different kind of colors of pieces. And um, basically, you just, you just uh, complete the match or round or whatever by eventually it'll spawn two blocks with the letter C on them. And you'll have to just complete those or link those and you'll, you'll complete the match and you'll be all good and over with. Um, but this one also had like little, little collectible cards you could 
collected during matches as well. And uh, if you linked it together with another person that had the game back in the day, you could have like a little card battle, but I don't know if they do that. Uh, well, I guess you probably can't do that with emulators, but um, no, that, that was a good Interesting. one. What, so yep. I've never heard of this series before. Was that the last one? Is it one that still exists? No, that's that's it for now. It was just those two were both just on the, uh, you know, Geo Pocket Color. I imagine it's tough to make the jump from Neo Geo Pocket Color to anything else. (laughs) It is like a lot of the games that they ported from that guy to the Switch seem kind of, I guess, like archaic a little bit. But um, yeah, it was basically the. It's essentially Neo Geo's uh, Game Boy Color, but um, they had a lot of really good puzzle games and even fighting games which you don't really ever see a lot on a handheld no especially not a handheld from the 90s yeah they, they made it they made it work somehow they had a lot of really good ones that's mostly what the neo geo pocket color is uh is known for is how many great fighting games it has how i i'm just curious because like when you said the neo geo it was 1999 that really surprised me because i don't think i'd ever even heard of it until recently because it just wasn't in my scope of influence. When when did you learn about the Neo Geo Pocket and games? It, it definitely, yeah, it wasn't in the 90s or anything like that. I I think I only learned about them like when I started collecting video games back in like maybe maybe like three years ago or so, because okay. um, I was looking up different uh, Metal Slug games, because um, on the, the original, well, I guess I shouldn't say the original, but on... Uh, uh, SNK or Neo Geo's very first home console, the Neo Geo AES. It's stupid expensive. The console alone, the games are also stupid expensive. But I was trying to find like any Metal Slug game or port that's cheap, and I found two on the Pocket Color, and I was like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> and then I saw it, and I was like, "Dude, that's that's sweet." And then eventually they started porting some of the games to to Switch. So hopefully, if Puzzle Link Two comes to Switch and and they bring back the multiplayer with the card game, that would be super sick. I think we'd have you to thank if they do that. They're obviously yeah. listening to this podcast. They should. SNK, Neo Geo, or whatever whatever you guys go by now. I think they were sold to like some uh, Saudi Arabian prince recently or something. But if you're listening oh. to this, please port Puzzle Link and Puzzle Link to, to the Switch. Please. Yes, please. Um, I've got a game that was also a handheld originally, and now it's like on everything so totally different but tetris i'm going to talk about tetris the granddaddy of puzzle games but also one that i genuinely love it was uh growing up whenever i would go to my grandma's place in minnesota the farm that was uh she had a game boy i have no idea why and one of the only games was the original tetris so i played a ton of that over the summers and tetris i think Tetris is one of the very few games that you can say is absolutely perfect and, like, can't say anything negative about. Like, people will say Breath of the Wild is one of the best games of all time, but it no one likes the, the weapon-breaking mechanic. Like, you can say a negative yeah. about basically every game, but I don't know if you can say a negative about Tetris. It's just, it's a perfect, wonderful game. No, yeah, Tetris is, is definitely a perfect game. It's hard to, with all the different versions that have come out in the different ports of the game it's hard to improve upon tetris because it's already like what the hell more could you do with stacking blocks yeah uh i don't know if you knew this but the guy who made tetris alexi Pajitnov, 
kept making Tetris like games and one of them was Hatris for the NES Game Boy Turbo Graphics 64. It's like Tetris but with hats. Oh man, I'm that's uh... up right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just got a list of all the like it was actually made by him, which is interesting. Um I oh, uh... that's cool. <laughs> right. It's got a Robin Hood hat and top hats and wizard hats. I like that. Just, it's it's almost impressive the the versatility you can get out of Tetris. Like Tetris ninety nine is something that should not work as good as it does, but it's one of the best battle royales ever, or best battle royals. royals. It's one of the best battle royales out there. It's and it's weird to call it a battle royale, but it totally is because you target people yeah. who you want to attack and you gain their badges when you kill them, which makes you stronger and it's so fun there's there's tetris uh the tetris effect which i played oh, yeah. on, on my not nearly powerful enough pc so i didn't get the full experience <laughs> but that was really cool how it, it it you like got into the groove with the music and the pieces and everything and that's cool that had i only tried it once it had a multiplayer mode it was a co-op mode where you would have these ai enemies and you and I want to say two or three other people would be doing your own puzzles, sending lines at the same time. But once you reached a certain threshold, those barriers between your boards would go away. And then you would all four be placing pieces down on this giant map and sending these huge lines to the enemy. So that's like how you would yeah. do major damage to the boss. So it was just oh, like gosh. a yeah, it was just like a cool cooperative Tetris thing that, that they somehow made make sense. And that's the newest one, right? Tetris Effect? Correct. Cool. I got to check that out then. Um, did you ever play, uh, was it Puyo Puyo Tetris? I played the demo because that was an early Switch game, right? Yeah, that was 2015, I think. I played Maybe? the demo. And I Puyo Puyo is the same as Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, which I have far exactly. more experience with. <laughs> <laughs> but i i yeah i couldn't get used to the puyo puyo half there's there's definite strategies to it that i just didn't know and so having yeah, to switch I, back and forth i was like i just want the tetris yeah I, i'm really really bad at puyo puyo like there's there's a mode in uh in, in puyo puyo tetris where like you, you'll start off in like one game like say you'll start off in tetris and then it'll count down and you'll switch to uh to a the other game mode puyo puyo or whatever and then i'll just be like, well, fuck, I'll stop playing because I suck at this game so much. Yeah. And I'll switch off the Tetris and I'll be like, yes, oh my god. Oh, and then it's dominating. Time. Yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Thanks, oh, man. Tetris. That... Yes, thank you. Thank you. Uh, what, what was his name again? Oh, uh, it's Alexei Pajnatov. Thank you, Alexei Pajnatov. <laughs> um, the next one I had on my list is... Uh, I guess it's kind of kind of based on the one I talked about earlier, the Tetris Attack, mm-hmm. or as we know it now, Panel Dupont or Puzzle League. But um, yeah, it's Pokemon Puzzle Challenge. Oh, I've heard that's so good, and I haven't played it. Yeah, this was the Game Boy Color in the year two thousand, um, and it's it's also on the three DS eShop if you have if anybody has one of those. But yeah, basically just Tetris Attack, but with Pokemon. But what's cool is that like. Um, is in like the just regular story mode or whatever. You'll go from gym to gym, and uh, and if you clear certain prerequisites or whatever, certain conditions, you can unlock different Pokemon to play as, which don't do anything. They're just there, 
to look at and be cute and shit but um they also like throughout the while you play the game they have different like remixes of the music from gold and silver which is super duper cool wait really yeah it's oh, awesome i need to check those out i've never heard those before yeah and like like when you're walking down the street to go from one gym to the next i think it was like the uh I think it's like route one or route two. It's where it's like, but it's like a little, oh. little remix of it. Whoa. Yeah, it's it's a pretty sweet game. Um, I mean, you could probably emulate it too, honestly. But I mean, if you want to actually buy it, you can get it for the Game Boy Color or the 3DS eShop. Um, so I'm looking at a screen and, and you've got the blocks of colors. And is it just you can switch horizontally the pieces like left and right? Or can you switch them up and down too? No, only uh, or only horizontally. So it's it's um, the it's it's they had a puzzle game like this in Mario Party. Oh, I think so. Okay, that's interesting because I hated that. It's I hated that <laughs> so much in the Mario Party version. It's like my least favorite mini game. Oh my god! Oh, get, get this get this game then it will totally change your mind. It's so fun. I'm sure. You basically, yeah, you just link uh, three or more blocks of the same color. And then, oh my, when you get a, when you gain a chain of six, which is like three vertical, three horizontal, oh my god, it's so sweet to see that clear out. And then it blasts your opponent with like a whole row of, of garbage blocks. Oh my god, it's so great. Have you ever, I didn't have this one on my list, but it makes sense now. Did you ever play Pokemon Shuffle on mobile phones? I think I played a little they had bit a 3DS of version too, I think. Oh yeah, I think I have. I think the 3DS version was the one that I played, and it was it was all right. Oh my gosh, I got super hooked on it. It's uh, it shouldn't be as good as it is, but it is. It's uh, it, it's like level. So there's like levels, levels of, and you have to face a different Pokemon. And then once you beat the stage, you have a chance to catch it. And then once you catch it, you can use those Pokemon for the rest of the level. So if you're facing a Water type, you can be like, okay, well I'm gonna fill my team with Electric type. And then that's the actual pieces in the puzzle, and it does more damage. I thought that was super neat. Oh, but it does so cool. it does the phone puzzle thing where eventually the levels get like insanely impossible, and you just have to have dumb luck to beat them. But doesn't each Pokemon time, have their own like special ability or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, that too. Playing? If you do okay. match them in a certain way, they do a special thing. God, I I tried so hard to not include uh, mobile phone puzzle games because I also. I'm still somewhat hooked on, uh, I think it's called Puzzle and Dragons or Puzzle X Dragons oh, or yeah. whatever. Like that, that game, I, I still go back to every now and again. But uh, yeah. Pokemon Shuffle, I'm, I'm gonna probably play more of that now that you mention it. No, maybe not. It's it's too addictive. Um, I had uh, I talked about this one a little bit before, but I'm gonna talk about it more. Uh, Picross has been a huge, huge influence on me i guess and surprisingly the first place i discovered picross was on a website called armorgames.com which was one of the uh websites where you could just find games back in the 2000s because that used to be a thing web games believe it or not that's where we at school went to play our games <laughs> and yeah one of them was picross which i'd never heard of before and it explained the rules which there's a there's a field of squares and you have to fill them in based on the numbers along the bottom and the the side and that tells you how many squares in each row and column are filled and it just it it, it hits my brain in that perfect sweet spot because 
I just see all these numbers and and like learning all these advanced techniques and just doing them like I had a friend who would do pit cross too and he would be like how do you know that that's there and I'm like well this is a 14 and the thing is 15 squares wide so if it goes from here or here you know that all these are going to be filled in no matter what and he's like what are you talking about and I'm like it works okay <laughs> oh. I I will say I got uh, there was Picross 3D for the DS not the 3DS just the DS and I did not like it everyone really reviewed it highly but it just didn't work in the same way that regular Picross did but regular Picross is awesome there's like 18 of them on the Switch did you did you know that they had Picross on like the NES and like the Game Boy and Game Boy Color and stuff yeah there's one on the eShop that's in all Japanese Oh yeah, on the Switch. Yep. Yeah, it was like Mario. Not the eShop, yeah, the, the Nintendo, whatever it's called. Yeah, I played a bunch of that. That one's really interesting. It's got like a. So Picross is either they have it be time based or lives based, where you just try and solve it. Time based is like you solve it as fast as possible. If you make a mistake, it's whatever you can just keep going. Or there's lives based, where if you make a mistake, it takes away your lives. And I much prefer time. Like, I, I would rather make a mistake and it not tell me. But Wario, in that Mario Picross one, he'd be like, Ah, you messed up. Ah, ha, ha. No, nice. There's a, uh, I just saw that there is a, uh, a Sega Genesis-based Picross game, and that would be pretty sweet. It's kind of like Alex Kidd and Sonic and the little dwarf man from Golden Axe. That's pretty sweet. There's a... I wish I could like pick cross games on phones, but they just don't work with the touch screen for me because you have to zoom in, zoom out. You have to switch oh. whether you're marking an X or actually a block, and it's just never worked for me, and it's so frustrating. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of uh, speaking of frustrating, the next one on my list was Box Boy. Um, and sometimes that game, well, I guess the Box Boy series, but the original one when i first started playing i mean want to beat my head against the wall sometimes because i'd be like this is so simple there's obviously a simple solution to this but i can't figure out what the hell it is what is wrong with me um have you ever played a box boy game i was going to ask you said what was the first one you played the original box boy on 3ds okay because i played the one on graphing calculators in school i'm pretty sure what? it was the same thing there's so the first box game in the boy series, on... box boy. Yeah, I remember it, but this is, this is, uh, I'm trying to find it. But this says it's made by HAL Laboratory, which is a Nintendo a subsidiary or whatever. Hold on. I got to see. I, I have distinct memories of playing something exactly like this. I don't remember anything like that. I mean, <laughs> of course, you, you oh, were in the more advanced classes called, in high it school. It was called Block Dude. On the TI-84 Plus and TI-83 Plus graphing calculators. Block, dude. So, different game. My bad. <laughs> oh, it's... Yeah, it looks kind of the same thing, but... Um, well, yeah, so so Box Boy, not Block, dude. Box <laughs> Boy was uh, basically the goal. You, you go get from the start to the finish in each level, and along the way, you're going to solve puzzles by... Um, the the main character QB spelled Q B B Y. Hmm. Um, he can spawn blocks off of himself, and depending on the level, he can only spawn like a maximum number of blocks. But um, you can only have one uh, block spawned at a time, 
or, or group a block spawned at a time. So if you say spawn a block and then try to make a block in like uh, like an L shape, the the first block will disappear. So oh. um, so that's part of the challenge is trying to trying to get around these different because there will be like spikes, lasers, like fire and shit like that, and you'll have to navigate through this level with with only um getting yeah like one box out at a time or something. So uh, they're they have like a, they have a hint system that you can use on the I know they ported it to to Switch so I don't so I don't know how the hint system works on there but on the 3ds um, oh man on 3ds they, they they had these things called play coins where um, when you walk for like a certain amount of time or whatever you'll generate a play coin on your 3ds because it had that uh, that uh, stepometer I forget what the hell those are called pedometer yeah there we go. It had those on it, so it'd count the number of steps. And when you have a certain number of steps, it generated play coins, blah, 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 blah. But uh, Box Boy would use those play coins to give you a hint on, on how to proceed where you are. Um, and, yeah, it's uh, I, I tried my best to not use those hints because I, I feel like I'm pretty good at puzzle games, but sometimes shit just does not make any sense. Oh, um, I... I hate getting tempted by hints because it's always right there. And I'm like, no, I can do this. I can do this. And like, there's obviously something that I'm not thinking of that that's right there. But um, no, I, I I do admit to having used the hints quite a few times. <laughs> um, but what's also cool is that in each level, there's like, what, three crowns I think you can collect. And those crowns are basically like a currency you can use to unlock. Um, what is it? You can unlock... Uh, tutorials on like advanced maneuvers of blocks like different costumes like music tracks and stuff like that um and the costumes are cool because uh they'll add like different abilities depending on the costume like there's a like a superhero one a ninja one i think the ninja one gives you a double jump i believe and then the superhero one makes it so like your jump you don't land automatically you kind of hover like a little bit or you like slowly slowly i guess fall or descend um but yeah, if you have yeah, 3DS or Switch, they're super duper cheap. So go buy it before they're gone. <laughs> go buy it before they run out of digital copies. Exactly. <laughs> um, speaking of games with hints, I'm going to talk about Professor Layton. Yeah, do it. Professor Layton and the Mysterious Village was a game I had on the DS, and it like was one of those... Uh, super influential games for me because it was the combination of a really interesting well-done story incredible music and awesome puzzles that just like hit everything for me there was a long time where i was like this is my favorite game of all time i just absolutely adored it and uh i guess you would call it a point and click adventure with puzzles everywhere and What I really liked about it was the inclusion of the puzzles made sense in the story, especially the first one. Um, The story was Professor Layton receives this letter about a village having a golden apple, which is like a super valuable thing. And the the guy who did who had or whatever passed away and anyone who could go to the city and solve all the puzzles would get it. And. So you go around and all these people are just like throwing puzzles at you to see if you're good enough to to make it through to get the golden apple. And so I, I liked that. The puzzles were all super good, super well done. And the story has a plot twist at the end, which was really 
really touching, really sweet, and just like completely caught me off guard. Oh, I love that first Professor Layton game. I I have that one, but I haven't played it yet. I have um, I think, yeah, I have the first four, and then because when I was on my collecting spree, I got the first four games for the DS, um, and I got the uh, Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright, but um. The only one that I've beaten was the the second game, the Professor Lane and the Diabolical Box. Mm-hmm. And that one, it it gave me a little bit of trouble here and there too. But yeah, the story was was super cool. That, that's what I like about those games. The story kind of they have different like little key plot points that you keep track of yeah. in your journal, and uh, like it's it's cool to figure out those little mysteries. And then uh, I don't know about the first game, but the Di- Diabolical Box also had this little mini game where you make um, different combinations of of tea for people. Yep, and that was pretty cool yeah thank Uh, you for reminding me of that that's something that's in every professor layton game is they have different puzzles that are different little side things that you collect as you're playing and do like the first one had a little hamster or was that the second one as well do you remember a hamster it might have been the second game actually yeah because what was it you it like walks on a track or something yeah or... you have to fill his little play area with different uh toys and pieces and stuff to get him to walk as many steps as possible and get in shape yeah you're right yeah i think that i think that is the second one maybe okay the diabolical box there was another one that has a train set where you collect different pieces and you have to try and fit them all in so it hits all kinds of things those were great too just tons of stuff and i think what really the story had like such excellent pacing like it wasn't just I don't know. I feel like puzzle games kind of are always light on story. They're just like, go here. And then there's a bunch of puzzles. It's like, you made it. Where this one is like, it's got (laughs) plot twists. It's got developments. The the whole point of the game changes at points. And it's it's super great. Um, I know the the Diabolical Box had... hmm. I guess, yeah, it also had a pretty strange twist there toward the end. uh, Because what was it? The whole thing was... What was it? There, there's this box that when you open it, people would die for for a reason that you yeah, find out toward every, the end. Yep. yep. And then uh, you, you, um, well, I shouldn't say you, Professor Layton and um, and Luke, they go to track down this professor's notes who was researching. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I can't spoil anything. Just go play it. <laughs> I, I hope this isn't a spoiler, but just uh, even like the beginning of the game, you're on a train and. As you go through, you're, like, unlocking more of the train to get access to. So you're, like, finding more and more of this train as you go. And you're, like, okay, this is cool. This is a neat thing. And then eventually the train gets to its location, and you spend the rest of the game in this this place. And you're, like, oh, okay, there's a lot more to this than just what was shown. I think that's kind of the, the summary of Professor Layton games, is there's a lot more to it than, than what you would expect. Oh, yeah. um, unfortunately... The last mainline one came out in 2014, and I was like, man, why haven't they made more? Give me more Professor Layton. And when I Googled it, I learned that the the puzzle designer for all the games passed away in 2016, which I was oh, not yeah. aware of. It was, it was one guy who makes all the puzzles. And so I kind of completely understand not making more when the guy that made all the puzzles passed away. Man, I yeah, I forgot all about that. I think, yeah, the last. No, I think I think the newest one um, about Professor Layton's daughter or whatever. I think that used a different yeah, puzzle master different, or something. Yeah, that's a different thing that I've heard people hate. <laughs> Dang it. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I meant to get those, uh, those uh, what they call the prequel trilogy. It's, um, oh no, I do have one of those. Okay, that's the last Spectre, Miracle Mask, and the Azrin Legacy. But the Azrin yeah. Legacy is, is asshole expensive. Really? It's super expensive. Yeah, for no reason. It, it's like 150 bucks or something like that. It, it's impossible. I think I mean, it's, it's obviously possible, but it's expensive. Sorry. Did I have that one? Let's see. That was the only. No, I had Miracle Mask. Yep, that was the last one I got. Um, so that's halfway through my list. How are you doing on your list? Uh, I've got, I've got two left, but I can come up with a, with another one on the spot if I need to. Well, I think it's about time for an ad break. Oh, that sounds good. What do we got? So after a, a couple weeks ago, you may remember Aaron's discovery of the baseball player Albert Pujols and <laughs> his uh, enjoyment out of the name Albert Pujols. Well, fortunately, Flops Baseball Cards was listening, and they have decided to re-release baseball cards of your favorite baseball players. I'm going to run through a list of all the baseball players that Flops is releasing after hearing about Aaron's enjoyment of Albert Pujols. Oh, hold on. <laughs> I ran out of breath. I forgot to breathe. <laughs> I can't um, breathe either. <laughs> All of these players are, as I'm sure you all know, real baseball players that actually existed and played baseball. None of these are made-up baseball player names. All the greats are here. You can get your Johnny Dickshot card, followed by Dick Pole, your favorite baseball player, Dick Pole. We've got Cannonball Titcomb, uh, Pussy, oh my gosh, Pussy to Bow. I can't believe I mispronounced Pussy to Bow. Uh, Everyone's favorite, Pickles Dillhofer. We got <laughs> Pete LeCock and Jack Glasscock. Uh, don't forget about Buttercup Dickerson. Um, but <laughs> these aren't all just these aren't all just dick jokes. Jokes. We got Lil Stoner. <laughs> who could forget the pitcher Lil Stoner? We got Bud Weiser, who <laughs> played 41 games in 1915 and 1916. I just wanted to specify that because <laughs> there was a player named Bud Weiser, Stubby Clap who is still coaching to this day. I actually went to a game where he was a coach of a minor league team, Stubby Clap. Uh, <laughs> everyone's favorite, Granny Hamner. Uh, the wonderful Dick Cox. There's We got Mysterious Walker. Um, and, uh, another classic, Orville Overall. We got Peekaboo Veach, Oil Can Boyd, Boots Poffenberger. They're all here. All, all the stars are here. Mordecai, Three Finger Brown, Blue Moon Odom, Stuffy Sternweiss, Greg Leg, Tim Spoonie Barger, and Yo-Yo DeVillo. Thanks, Flops Cards, for bringing all those baseball players back so that we can recognize their greatness. I really, I really hope you can cut my audio during that whole thing because I, I lost my shit. With, no, uh... I'm keeping it. Yeah, oh, who, what was it? Uh, what was his name? Dick Cox or whatever. Like they, they needed oh, to yeah. try. There's just a straight up Dick Cox. And let's see. Let's look him up real quick. Dick Cox. He, uh, let's see. He played in 1925 and 1926 for the St. Louis Browns. Or is Dick Cox played for the Browns? <laughs> what was the other one? Mysterious, whatever? Uh, Mysterious Walker. These, this has to be like 
that's probably what Blazeball got its inspiration for the I know. player names from. All I, all I can think of is, uh, yeah, Blazeball when I see these names. He played oh. in 1910 to 1915. And, Holy shit. And in case, okay, so Baseball Reference is the website that has everything about baseball players. It literally has, it says in his stat page that he was cremated. Why is that a thing that we need to know? <laughs> I see how that get buried, cremated. Why does that? Why does it matter? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, there's only one. Uh, one buried in China, I guess. <laughs> what uh... the fuck? Why? Oh, never mind. He was born in China. Okay. Well, uh, well. Sp- speaking of China, uh, the next one I have on my list it has nothing to do at all with China. Uh, it's it's carrion. Uh, they both 20... start with C. They both start with C. That's true. They both. Are... Speaking of C's, Carrion, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the twenty twenty like puzzle, Metroidvania style, kind of game. Uh, did you ever hear that of that one with the, oh, yeah. the big? Oh yeah, that was a big okay. deal for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So so I I, I bought that one day one because it, it sounded awesome. Uh, but yeah, you just play as this big like undulating mass of ten of tentacles and um basically you're just supposed to escape from this facility or whatever and um along the way there's different puzzles that you'll have to get through in order to gain access to different areas or get past certain certain obstacles and stuff like that because there'll be like there'll be uh you know fire which which kills you pretty goddamn quickly um uh what the, like lasers and uh turrets and shit like that but yeah essentially like whenever you take damage you lose mass off your body and in order to regain mass, you eat soldiers and, and, and other people. And um, and there's certain soldiers that have armor or uh, like they'll they'll fight back or whatever. So you got to find a way to die. Um, because if, some, if like a soldier has a gun and he and he sees you, obviously he's gonna shoot you dead. So you got to find a way to take him, to knock him out, and then get the gun out of his hand or whatever, and then eat him and all that stuff. But um, but yeah, you also gain access to other different areas and moves and stuff like that with with different skills or whatever. I forget what they're called exactly, um, but there's stuff like uh, uh, one of the abilities lets you turn invisible, so you can sneak past stuff. Um, there's one that lets you shoot spider webs at people, so you can shoot like a spider web at like a big armored dude and then pull him in and eat him, and it's great. Uh, another one lets you grow spikes, and uh, like there's like another power that I guess like hardens your your uh, outer shell or whatever, but. Um, you just find these different like radioactive containers or whatever that you slither into and you get a new power and stuff like that. And oh my gosh, it, it was it was so much fun. It's it's so great. It reminds me of a uh, of prototype if you've ever oh, played wow. that. I haven't heard of prototype in so long. Yeah, it, it was it was super duper fun. Um, I'm it's I think it's interesting that you, you we were going to talk about puzzle games and you were like carrion. Because I don't know if I've ever heard anyone refer to it as a puzzle game, but it makes sense. And when you kind of think about it, Metroidvanias are kind of, in their own way, puzzle games, just in a in a roundabout way. Yeah, I mean, like it's, I mean, you, it has you solving puzzles. So yeah. I, I mean, I, I put it as like a, I would think of it as more like a, I would think of it more as like a puzzle game than a platformer. Because well, I guess no, you still do go up platforms sometimes. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think of it as like a puzzle game. Yeah, I got. Oh, one. and I, I should. Oh, sorry. Go on. Go on. I was just saying, but the last thing I wanted to say is my favorite part of the game is the uh, the start menu because the start menu is just like inside of it, it's like inside of it basically, and there's all these rows of 
like teeth and tentacles and shit. And each time you like click an option, it goes further inside of it, and it's oh, it's great. But, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had a game that, in a similar way, you wouldn't you wouldn't think it's a puzzle game at first, but it totally is. It's into the breach. That basically is. That yeah, is that's yeah. a good one. Um, it recently released on mobile phones through Netflix. And boy, oh boy, am I falling in love with Into the Breach again. It's a, uh, if you haven't played it, it's an 8 by 8 grid, and you have three mechs that take up a space. And there are buildings throughout it in different land types. And then there are these kaiju-like bugs that pop in, and you got to stop them from killing all the buildings and stuff. And it's it's a turn-based game, like many before. There have been tons of turn-based, grid-based games. But what this one does differently is on your turn, you see exactly what the monsters are going to do. You're going to see where they're going to attack and how much damage are gonna, they're going to do. And it's up to you to use your moves to either push them out of the way or kill them so that they don't do what they're going to do. It's just a yeah. neat idea, and it's executed so dang well. There's a dozen or so different squads you can pick with different abilities for each squad and there's you'll find different pilots and different weapons for your mechs as you go through no run is the same and you can it's got tons of versatility you can even pick like random you can have it pick a random team for you if you want which sounds like a recipe for disaster there's four difficulty levels it's just got so much stuff crammed into it and all it is is these little eight by eight battles like the battlefield itself is so small and so tiny, but I'll stare at it for like 15, 20 minutes at a time. Cause I'm like, there has to be a way to get through this without losing anyone. Yep. That, that's, exactly, that's exactly the same thing I do. That's probably what most of my uh, game time is spent on in that game is just staring and like, like trying to figure stuff out in my mind. Like, like there's, yeah, there's gotta be some way to get past this. Like, I, uh, there've been a point. I don't know if you do this whenever you play the game, but sometimes there'll be like, It'll, it'll be impossible to save every building. So you have to be like, okay, well, you know, one building is going to have to, yep. I guess, tank a shot. Or like sometimes you'll have to have your mech take a shot because you can't, you know, kill a, a monster or whatever. And uh, there's like, there's always something to do. But yeah, I, I would definitely think of it as a puzzle game because it to solve the puzzle of, you know, trying to save not just your mechs and your city, but also do those like side missions. So you get extra, um, what extra grid power and yeah. those extra stars at the end that you'll need for upgrades and stuff. I, I can't stress enough how much information goes into this tiny eight by eight grid. There's, I say there's different land types, but there's like dozens of different land types that have different abilities and you have to keep track of the turn order of the, the bugs and when they're going to attack. And yeah. there's environmental things that happen and each stage has different things. Like there was one I did where I just loaded in, I looked at what the rewards were and I loaded into it and it had uh, two, it had the bugs, and then there were also two robots, which were attacking buildings as well. And they were like super powerful ones. And I was like, oh, this is going to make things much more difficult. Or like, uh, I went to a place and attacked a thing, and I was like, cool, no one's going to get hurt this year. My guy's going to take a hit, but that's fine. Not realizing that I was standing on a forest. So when my mech got attacked, now my mech is on fire, and it's going to take damage every turn. Or Oh, uh, yeah, or... Yeah, you say you you give an example. I was gonna say yeah, or uh, or when you're um, what is it your your mech lands on a uh, like you have a tank a shot and you have it land on I guess like an eruption spot like where an enemy's gonna emerge I and mean, then an emerging spot I should have said 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you end your turn there, and you're like, oh, you know, it's fine. I'll just repair, and I might go be fine. But then, nope, it's going to take, uh, you know, a damage from that guy coming up, and then you'll probably end up getting, like, shot or, um, oh, what the hell is it called? The uh, the environmental things, like a tidal wave or, um, like, the, the earth just, like, collapsing, basically, on yeah, certain yeah. biomes. I was going to say there was one time where uh... – I saw that there was going to be a a weather effect thing on a bug, and I was like, "Cool, I don't have to do anything for him because it's gonna it's gonna kill him." And I didn't actually inspect it. And what it was was it disappeared to have lava underneath, which would normally kill a ground based bug, but it was a flying bug, so it didn't do anything. Damn. I just let it destroy the buildings. Or or oh, there there have been so many times where I've accidentally killed a pilot because I put him in danger without realizing it. There's just so much to keep track of, which sounds like a negative, but it's absolutely a positive because there will be times where after 20 minutes staring at a screen, you figure it out and you're like, I just push this guy here. I use my lightning thing to kill these two guys so that he's out of the way so that I can push this guy there. Everyone's safe. Hell yeah. One of my favorite squads to use is, uh, it's called Cataclysm. And there's the, the big actual, like the, the big, like bipedal mech. You can just pick monsters up and just throw them. Um, and there's a little drill guy who, um, when he kills a monster, it'll crack the, the four tiles adjacent to you. And then the other mech, I think, just fires, yeah, three missiles in like a vertical column. Mm-hmm. Um, and each mech it, or each each squad just works so perfectly off of each other because they could just be like, oh, I'll kill, you know, I'll kill this bug with this drill guy, and then I'll, it'll crack those tiles, and I'll have my uh, Oh, my one big guy just struck a monster through that hole that I just spawned because of that cracked tile, and then it's it's so great. My the most fun squad for me is the I don't remember what they're called, but they specify in fire. All of them are immune to fire, and they just set fire to every tile. Usually, it's only forest <laughs> that can be set on tile or fire. Not these guys. They can set everything on fire. So, like at the end of each stage, every all the tiles are just covered in fire, <laughs> and I love it. Um, my favorite unit, my favorite mech, like surprisingly, there's one in a different squad that can switch places with either a mech or a a bug. And it's that's it. That's all he does. He doesn't have any weapons or anything. He can just switch places. And eventually you can gain the power where you can switch with anyone anywhere. He starts off with it has to be line of sight, but eventually yeah. it can be anywhere. And that is just so insanely useful to be like, there's a big guy here. He's going to cause a lot of problem. Let me just drop him into some water and insta-kill him. It's just nice. insane. Oh, what a great game. Into the Breach. One of my other favorites, too, is the or favorite mech, I should say, is the the, the rock thrower guy. I, I forget which yeah. squad he's part of. But it's so versatile because you could just be mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm just going to drop a rock on this guy and kill him. Or you could drop a rock in front of like somebody that's shooting and block their shot. Or you'd drop it on top of like in a where like a monster is going to emerge from block it or you just throw a rock and like the force of it landing will push away the two like horizontal tiles and that's also good um god what, yeah. a, what a great having mech. an ability that, that does damage blocks and pushes is insane absolutely insane and uh, speaking of insane because i'd never mentioned this game ever but i love it <gasps> so much uh next one on my the last one on my little I get have more maybe, but uh, the next one I have anyway is called Magical Drop Three, and this originally came out on uh, Neo Geo arcade cabinets in '95, but now it's on Switch. Um, but 
did you ever play any game like um say like puzzle bobble or uh basically there's like colored orbs or balloons at the top of the screen and you have to like shoot other colored orbs at those or, or same color orbs at those orbs to clear them off or anything like yeah, that very rarely i know exactly what you're talking about what type of game it is but i haven't played okay. a lot of them that one is is super duper fun because of course there's different characters that have different play styles like some will um it's like whenever you shoot orbs you'll reload a different set of orbs and depending on the character it'll be like you know three three orbs of the same color or like you know like say blue red blue or something like that you'll spawn orbs of different colors basically but um, but yeah, you'll just shoot, or you, you can suck up a row of orbs and then shoot it at another row of orbs oh. and stuff like that and clear them off. Um, and then there will be like different obstacles, like uh, sometimes like a bubble will spawn, and a bubble doesn't have any particular color. You just gotta get it out of the way by shooting it with an orb so it pops. Um, ice blocks, which are basically like like garbage tiles and stuff from Tetris, they they just they get cleared off once you remove a, a block or whatever adjacent to them and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you basically just win either by living longer than your opponent or uh, you reach like a certain quota of blocks filled. Um, and there's like a little like story type mode to it where you move along this like board game like board and um, in, in a match or whatever you want to call it, uh, there will be these little flames that you, you, these little flame bubbles you pop and the more of a the more of those flames that you collect, I guess, determines how many tiles you move on the board. And sometimes the board will be like, "Oh, you know, go back two spaces," and you do the same match all over again, stuff like that. But um, no, it, it's fun, and it's got those cutesy little Japanese like anime visuals. Uh, it's great. That's another thing I love about puzzle games is the the ones that iterate on past games and just like add new mechanics because it it. It's just it makes them more interesting and it like makes your brain work in a way that you weren't expecting. Like uh Picross does that every once in a while, like the Picross three D or um they have uh color based ones where instead of it just being filling with black tiles, you fill them with different colors and that changes things. I love when games do that. My last game, and absolutely a game that I consider one of the best puzzle games crafted, is The Witness. Yay, the witness i know there are some people that do not like the witness but i think from a strictly puzzle solving standpoint it's tops absolutely tops um it is a game where you are on an island and you are free to roam around the island and you will find all these hundreds of panels scattered around with line puzzles you start at the beginning and you have to draw a line to the end and it sounds it's just like a grid and you just got to draw a line from beginning to end and it sounds simple but like it gradually adds more and more complex things and how it does it is just in the most amazing thing it's like learning a language like each different you go to different areas of the island and it'll teach you a different new mechanic like one of the That's first cool. ones one of the first ones i found um added like it was almost like a mirrored puzzle down the middle so it would have two beginnings and two endings and you would draw start at one beginning and you would draw and it would mirror it on the other side and the from be, between the beginning and the end it was different on each side it wasn't the same on each side so you had to kind of like cross back and forth and make sure you're going seeing which side is which 
and then it would add colors. So there was one that was blue and one that was yellow. So you had to kind of mix and match that to figure out. You couldn't have them cross. You know, you can't have the, the colors cross. And then the colors would disappear. God and so your, your mirror line would be invisible. And so you'd have to try and either remember it or figure it out with your brain. And then it would add, it just kept, you'd find a different section that would add a different puzzle type. And, and then they would start combining them. And it's just a puzzle lover's dream, just finding all these things and learning how they work because no one's ever done puzzles like this. I think that's why I liked it so much is because no one's made line puzzles or modifications to line puzzles. It's a totally unique puzzle type and, and learning that language and figuring it out is so satisfying. That's uh yeah, that is also kind of like a, a unique one as well too. Like where, where other puzzle games are like, Hey, match these tiles or like, yeah. Hey, do all this it's like isn't it one where you walk around and you have to explore this place and do puzzles or is it different yep. than that yep you explore the island and solve puzzles and uh like i said there's each area that has its own unique typing or language and once you solve them all it it's like a, a key to the final area and once you get all the keys it's it's not a physical key or anything like that but then you unlock the last area where it like combines everything together and it's the hardest puzzles that is cool as hell isn't um yeah i think it was the witness they have like one of the i remember looking up a video a while ago of like like the hardest puzzles in video games oh and they gosh. had one involving the moon that was like impossible to figure out or something or damn near impossible what was it um that's one thing i, I love doing is looking up videos of like the hardest puzzles in video games um what was it i i could tell Witnessed. you about one of the hardest ones in the witness that i never solved what is that? Um, so one section, it it just shows a screen and the puzzle. The line starts at the left and ends at the right. And then uh, this is hard to describe in words, but so it's a straight line from left to right. But then it's also got bumps that go up and bumps that go underneath. Symmetrical. They're not like they're just like normal bumps up above, like four of them, and then four below. And it doesn't give you anything else but that. Um, what you're supposed to realize is as you're standing at this screen there's a bird in the background and it'll go like tweet 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 and so that's how you have to fill the line is you go middle middle up low and that's each one you go to has a different bird making different tweet sounds and then there are some with like construction sounds so you have to really listen to it that's where it's just teaching you that way later way later in the game you'll find a puzzle that has different mechanics that you've learned before and you'll try and solve it and like even if you do everything right on the screen it doesn't solve it it says you're wrong what someone <laughs> eventually realized is um there is water dripping behind you and the water dripping is in different notes and you have to listen to that and and use that as well when you're solving the puzzle something that like how would you even realize oh i should use this dripping water sound how people like how people figure that out on their own without a guide is yeah, just I never far beyond yeah, me. I mm -mm. Um, oh man, I'm looking up. I think uh, no, 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 go ahead. I don't know. Oh, I was, I was gonna say. say that's I had I had one more game, but it wasn't a it wasn't a banger, so I'm just gonna skip it. So find us on Twitter, Superpod Saga. Usually I say that when we finish a topic, we've talked about everything. And if we didn't, it's not important. But I don't think that's the case here. Just because there's so many, many, many puzzle games that 
that are great and wonderful. And if you have any puzzle games that you love, be sure to shout them out to us on Twitter. Like literally just type it in all caps. Or you can email us at superpodsaga at gmail.com. What, what other social media things do we have, Aaron? Oh, yeah. We got uh, Facebook. I mean, I don't think anybody other than the people I've invited follow us on the Facebook page. But it's if, if you want to, you certainly can. Uh, there's also Instagram. Where I, I post a lot of stuff on there. Uh, TikTok. I think that's about it. Yeah. So follow us there. Um, I believe it's my turn for the next topic, correct? Yes, correct. Next week. We will be talking, the the topic will be, back in my day, I just want to talk <laughs> about things that were different about video games back in our day in the 90s and early 2000s, because gaming was totally different, and I love just reminiscing about how horribly different video games were back then. Oh my gosh, I've already got so many good ideas. Oh, I, I know, it's going to be a good one, I'm excited. I want to start building them out now, but I know I need to save them. Right, yeah. So, look forward to that, listeners. Uh, anything else, Aaron? Uh, yeah, just follow us and interact with us, and we love you. Yeah, we love you. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.